you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. as it was written long ago, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 71 of the Lone Gummin Podcast. I have a very special show for you today. I have a, a great guest on the show. Um, he recently did uh, actually uh, a podcast with Mark Marin, and uh, it's Barack Obama. And tonight he's going to be on my show. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Will, I love you, buddy. Damn, if you don't sound like a young Barack Obama, man, it, it's uncanny, and and, and you you guys will find out soon enough. Um, but now, now Will's great. You're gonna love this interview. <clears throat> Will did something very special for the uh, JFK research community, and because of his hard work and dedication to uh, to the site that he made, um, I wanted to have him on the show. And uh, highlight it for everybody out there to take advantage of because I think it's that important. Um, he put put a lot of hard work into this, and uh, you know the work's not over. You know this is this is a project that can be added to over time and grow exponentially. Um, and the site we're going to be talking about tonight is primarysources.wix.com backslash home. Okay, everybody. Um, so now, without further ado, I bring to you Will from JFK Primary Sources. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 71 of the Lone Gummin Podcast with your boy Rob Clark. And I have a very special guest today. I told you last week that he would be on the show and that we have some very special news for you. So everybody, welcome to the show, Will from at JFK Prime Source on Twitter. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to tell everybody about this site. No problem at all. I mean, when when uh when we first reached out to each other, you know, I thought you were doing something um, really worthy of being highlighted uh, to the research community because what you're doing is it's going to be a, a very valuable resource for researchers. I mean, nothing like this has has been around before. I mean, it's uh it it's a hell of an idea, man. Um so what what made you want to make a site like this? Well, let's say what's what's are you ready to roll the site out? We can say what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um it, it's um well, thanks. I appreciate uh, your praise, you know, for the site. Um, to begin with, in the idea, but 
Um, yeah, they're actually, the reason I made this is because there really wasn't anything like this in um, assassination research. And really what JFK Primary Sources is, um, I like to call it a gateway into assassination research because what it is is a collection of all the links that are relevant um, that you'll need to all the primary source documents, to all the media archives, to all the blogs, and it's all on one page to make it nice and convenient and easy for everybody. And it really started as a, a personal project because I myself was having trouble find um, finding where this material was available. So that's kind of how it started and kind of how it got to where it's at today. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, for people new to the case, I mean, it, it really, really is going to help them out a lot because, I mean, you really do have everything right there, one click away, and it's all... Um, segmented into uh, certain sections of what, what, what are some of the uh, sections of stuff you got on there? Oh, of course. Um, well, well, when you directly log on to the site, the first thing that you're going to see is going to be the primary sources section. And um, that, is, that is featured documents and archives um, from the government resources, as well as um, private collectors, such as um, Harold Weisberg. His archive is featured there. Um, of course, the Mary Farrell um, and JFK Lancer; those are all featured there. And when you click, um, when you click on each link, it's actually going to take you away from the site. So it's going to open a new window. Um, just so all the users know, you're not going to stay on the site. It's going to open a new window and take you directly to that link. Uh, also um, featured on the site, um, just some JFK media, all the media galleries that I could find regarding um, Kennedy, like the David Von Peen. YouTube channel, the Sixth Floor Museum uh, medium co media collection. And actually, uh, one of my favorite that, that nobody really um, ever goes to is Jacques Lowe Photography. And that was um, uh, Jackie and JFK's personal photographer during his uh, run for the presidency and while he was president. So there's a lot of really unique and high-quality pictures taken in that gallery. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, you got Robin Unger's gallery on there? Oh, yes. And... Um, also, um, for your for your listeners of the show, I know they all have their own um, sites that they visit. Uh, I would like for them, if they could, to reach out to me and and uh, inform me of those, and I will gladly add them to the Primary Sources website. And they can do that at JFK Prime Source on Twitter, right? Uh, yes, sir. It's actually, I added an S to the end um, because, and the reason for that is with the handle Prime Source, it maybe gave the impression that I was that I myself am indicating that I'm a Prime Source. Gotcha. Um, that's that's not at all. Um, so I changed it to Prime Sources. So there's an S on the end. The same thing, JFK Prime Sources. Awesome. And I think that's that's more appropriate um, for the site and for the idea as well. Because um, I, I in no way claim an authority on knowledge. I'm just trying to help um, share the information that I found with everybody. Yeah, I mean, and this is like information dumps. These are... Um, you know, like archives. These are these are links to original source documents. These are links to photo galleries. These are links to personal research collections. These are links to uh, audio, like uh, Black Op Radio archives, and and the Lone Gunman. You know, yeah, the Lone Gunman is uh, featured on the bottom right, so it will always be there. So it'll be nice and easy to find. I'm uh, I'm always going to leave. That. Some of the sites may move around as um, we add. Uh, new links or rearrange them, but I'll, I'll always leave that one down there so your your listeners can find it. Awesome. Bottom right, Lone Gunman. <laughs> I was going to put you in the top right window, but I didn't know how, how you feel about that. <laughs> hey, as long as I'm on there somewhere, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I think you missed it. I was, there's only there's only three floors. I guess if you were on the sixth floor window, the Lone Gunman, <laughs> I think that would be appropriate. Yeah, top right corner. I got you now. Yeah. That almost yeah. went over my head. <laughs> I snuck it in there. Hey, it's late, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And, and also um, some other things that I want to point out. I actually want to, um, you know, my, I really am not concerned with, um, you know, what people's opinions are. You know, I, I believe uh, you can believe what you want. So this is this is not a site where you're going to find um, a, a dogmatic uh, approach where you're not going to find somebody telling you a theory. It's just going to be the links. You know, that's all it is. It's going to be a place where you can come and find maybe a new journal you didn't know about or uh, a new website you can link to that, sh that you didn't know existed. 
they are a blog or, you know, there's a, there's a ton of people out there that do blogs. I mean, that, that aren't really, that don't really, you know, get a lot of shine, but they're really, really good, you know? Yeah, and, th- and that's, um, hopefully some of your listeners will, you know, they, they'll log onto the site and they'll say, Hey man, why don't you have this blog? And they'll send me the link so I can throw it on there. And Cause it's not a um, be all end all site. Um, I just, I stopped with close to, I don't know, about 300, 250 or 300 links. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot right there, but I know people out there listening to this, you know, like I said, go take a look at the website. Give, give the website address real quick. It is primarysources.wix.com backslash home. Primarysources.wix.com backslash home. And that's going to log you right onto the main page. And it is, it is a Wix site, so the, um, the bandwidth um, is a little slower, but you're still... You're still able to get on there. And uh, also kind of the idea that I had, I wanted to show what you could do with free resources, you know, how you could produce something uh, valuable to the, to the community without really just, just with investing time. Yeah. And you know, this, is, this, this entire site is created free. I didn't, it didn't cost me any money, just a little bit of my time. Yeah, and it looks good, too. I mean, it, it's really, it, you did a really great job laying it all out, man. Oh, thank you. I, I wanted a one-page design so that the user could log on and click the Mary Farrell archive and then go back to the page and check it against the Harold Weisberg archive and go back to the page and, and check uh, somebody's blog who used the source or something like that, just just to make it, a, like you said before, kind of like a one-stop shop. Yeah, because, I mean, I know how it is when, you, when you're researching online. You know, you're, you're Googling something, you know, and then, uh, you know, you're typing that in, and then you get there. But, I mean... Just going to the site, everything is right there, one click away. I mean, it's it's laid out really good in sections, uh, you know, to find easily what you're what you're looking for. And I I, I highly recommend it to not only newbies, um, but also you know people that have have you know have been looking at the case for a while because, like I said, there's there's a lot of stuff on there that I've never seen. So, you know, I highly recommend it. You know, for anybody out there interested in the case, most definitely. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And like I said before, um, if your listeners um, have any sites that they enjoy or blogs or, um, uh, you know, no matter what the viewpoint of the blog or the individual, as long as their research is uh, responsible and respectful, uh, I'm glad to host it. Yeah, and it's not purely a conspiracy thing. It's not purely a lone nut thing. I mean, that you've got you've got it all on there. I mean, both sides of it, because as much as as much as you know the conspiracy people hate McAdams but there's there's some stuff on his site that you can't find anywhere else really yeah and actually um in our discussions you've kind of linked me to some really nice things that I found that you found on McAdams site and and um like you said it, it isn't a one-sided um viewpoint i do host um you know david von Keen's galleries as well as McAdams' sites um Gerald Pauser's blog uh, Howard Willens. So it is, it is difficult to find, um, websites that defend the Warren Commission just because the, the volume is geared towards the other side. There's just so many more of the other version. So uh, if there is, um, people who, who know the structuralist websites, I would love to host those as well. Right. And do you have uh, any of, uh, Dave Wrightsy stuff on there? I couldn't remember. Um, you know what? The, the name slips my mind, but, um, I would definitely, um, check that out. Yeah, he's he's a he's a lone nutter, um, but he's got some pretty good stuff on 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 his site too. I'll have to direct you to it. I couldn't remember if yeah, it was on there or not, but that'd be perfect because I we, I do need some more um, sites that that, have, that are related to that material. Oh uh, yeah, but, but I appreciate the work that somebody like David Von Fien has done, um, just in his his massive YouTube collection that he put together. I mean, that's a no matter what you believe. I mean, that's a valuable resource for anybody. It is. You know, same thing. Yeah, he's got a lot you know, of videos on there yeah. you can't find anywhere else either. Yeah, and it's it's um it's organized too. The way that he archived it is really it's really easy to navigate through the through the videos. So um and and he's also has the As It Happened series, um which is kind of like a real time videos from all three channels. I think ABC, NBC, and um, there was one more that's available. Yeah, and he's got like a, a he's got like a blog site for a lot of different videos. I mean, he must have two hundred blog sites. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh wow! 
Yeah, I don't see I, how he does I it. I found a few of them, and I, I posted his main gallery. And um, if he has a blog, I'll have to add that also. I know he wrote a, wrote a book. Um, but to be honest, I stay away from the books. Generally, uh, this is where I do my research. Oh, um, yeah. Be the, the places you find on primary sources. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there is some you know free freeware out there when you know when you're talking about assassination literature, like uh, Dave Ratcliffe stuff and Ratville. You know, he hosts. Oh, really? Yeah, he he hosts. He hosts some. Uh, I think he's got like a coup d'état in America. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there, like the Torbit document and and, and all this stuff out there. Um. But I'll, I'll shoot you some links when this is over. I, but I always forget, you know. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I'll remind you. Yeah, I mean, we we get to talking, you know, and I'm like, you. man, I can't remember what all I was supposed to send you. Yeah. Well, actually, um, the, the, there's an app that I stumbled upon the other day, and it's called Quip, and uh, I sent it to you, and, and I don't know if you've used it, but I found it very useful for anybody um, who, who's doing research. It's an app called Quip, Q U I P P, and it uh, it allows you to to take screenshots, to post links, to do everything right in one app, and you can share your work with others. All you have to do is send them the link, and they can log on, they can edit it, they can link, they can look at it. Um, so, so I think that that's an app for anybody who wants to share their work, you know, in a, in a community type environment. It's called Quip. Yeah, and I mean, I thought that was private, so only certain people can view it, or um, you can make it private to where only certain people can edit it. But I, and one thing I would recommend for everybody who's doing this, I, I know that. Most people probably do, but I would say take notes. That's the one thing I, I regret not doing when I started is taking notes. Because you wind up going back over something you already know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I, I, I store it all in my head somewhere, and then it's like I can't remember where I read something. But I know I read it somewhere, you know? Yeah. And th- that's why I, I recommend that Quip app for anybody. Um, you can you can make each document a title, you know, a subject, and every time you come across something that interests you, you can just screenshot it and throw it right in there and share it with the community. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I really dig that app because it is a great way to do, like, collaborative research. You know, if you're working on something with somebody, uh, what you've, you know, you're working on an article or something, it, dude, you can't beat it. I mean, you can collaboratively write an article together, head over to your printer, and print it out right like that. Boom. What? Okay. It also imports it, I'm, I'm sorry, it exports it from Quip to a Word document. Yeah. So you can, because Quip is kind of, it's kind of a generic word processor. It doesn't have a lot of features, but when you send it over to Microsoft Word, you can fancy it up. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, it has a messaging feature where you can talk privately to each other about, you know, your work that you're doing, and it's all right there within a swipe. I mean, you just swipe over and your work's right there, and then you swipe back the other way, and, the, you know, you can talk to people right there. Share things. Yeah, I recommend it for, for anybody who's, um, who does research or likes to take notes. Uh, just, and, and the best thing about it, you can have it on your phone, your tablet, and your PC. So no matter where you are, you can just load it up. And it's, it's all, you're working on the same document from your phone, your tablet, or your PC. And I, I'm not associated with Quip in any way. <laughs> I must throw that out there. <laughs> so people don't think that I'm in the background of designing Quip or something. No, I mean, but you, you're like me. I mean, if something works good and, and it's, and it's done right, I mean, I'll be a proponent of it any day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, there is one thing on here that I find pretty toxic. Um, it would be the forums. Um, there's some good information in there, but generally, if uh, you know, for, I know most of your users are aware, but um, most of the new people, I'd stay away from them. You're just going to find venom and uh, disagreement generally. That's, that's pretty much where, the, where people go to argue about this. So I, myself, I stay away from them. Oh, I do too. I mean, I'll lurk and I'll look, but I very rarely ever participate in forums. Just because, like you said, I mean, it's it's full of a-holes, you know, and, and, and Facebook's getting that way. I mean, it's a lot of disinformation, at least, you know, being put out on Facebook anyway. And then, you know, because most of the people on Facebook are just casual, they have a casual interest in the assassination. You know, they're not hardcore researchers. So, you know, when they cr- run across somebody, you know, like uh, they, when they first hear about like James Files or something, you know, they just, they go crazy and, and think they solved the case and, and, and start espousing it all over, you know, the internet. And it, it just gets out of control quickly. 
And, and I, I've noticed, you know, Facebook gets that way very, very quickly in all these different groups because Facebook, well, there's a reason you got the site. I mean, because, you know, when it all comes back to it, you know, it, it's all about the primary sources. And, and I think you're, you know, you're, the site is aptly named because it, it cuts back through all of the, uh, the obfuscated research from the past 50 years. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to cut through, stuff that's been twisted over time. Um, and that's, that's part of the thing that I like to, I like to do is get back to the, to the primary source documents and really see, you know, who said what. You know, like the first day, like first day testimony, you know, you hear about people like Buell Frazier or something and, and what he's been saying for 50 years. But, you know, you go back to the day of and this first day affidavit says something totally different. And you're like, OK, the, how did this get twisted, you know, over the years? Yeah, that's that's um, that's an interesting point. That's kind of what motivated me to, to create this site is um a few years ago, I, I really got interested, but I, I started reading books and watching documentaries, and you, you just realize that they're all using the same information, but everybody's using it in different ways. So I figured the best thing to do was go back and see what the information is they're using. What does it actually say? Um, what does the original document or the primary source say? Um, that's kind of the motivation for this site. Yeah, I mean, and and nine times out of ten, it's something totally different. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there, there's, um, there's, um, for instance, uh, in the last few days, I was reading a lot about um, the, the supposed Nixon incident where Lee, um, I guess, was intent on going and, and assassinating Nixon when he was in town. And there's, um, there's quite a lot of uh, primary source documents on that FBI reports and affidavits and things of that nature, but. Um, one thing I always like to do is I like to go to the, to the, to a researcher who's actually used some of the sources like Vincent Bugliosi. And, um, in his book, I found he's telling the story of Marina and Lee that day and how she holds him in the, in the bathroom mm-hmm. and can't, and Lee can't get out. And Bugliosi actually quotes, um, it's in a footnote of his book where he went to the residence and, and he checked the door and the door opens to the outside. So that's how um, Marina was able to keep him in there because the door opens to the outside. But if you actually go look at the primary source document in the interview, she indicated that the door opened to the inside. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of uh, interesting how people will not only leave things out, how they'll just you know flip the story to fit their um, their their motives. Now you mean the door would have opened towards her or towards him? Well, that's, that's what a point of controversy was about, was which way did the door open? Because how, if the door opened towards him, how could she hold the door closed? And Bugliosi, and, and pretty much any um, structuralist researcher states the door opened to the outside. Or there is, they'll say that, or there is no proof of which way the door opened. But in the original report, it clearly states that the door opens to the inside. It opens to the and inside. To the inside clearly states that it's in a paragraph i forget the document um i have to pull it up you know we can link it later uh but it's in a paragraph right there it's the same document they used to tell the story of how lee kept her or how lee was kept in uh in the bathroom but they just leave that paragraph out where the door opens the outside yeah i mean that's in a footnote, a, an important detail in a footnote he'll tell you yeah absolutely <laughs> that's um those are the kind of things that i look at you know not so much um this this massive um case but the little tiny lies you know which way the door opens, because that's important. Oh, yeah. Things like that. Because people always say, oh, that's kind of what I there's no way that could have happened, because, you know, she, Lee would have overpowered her and been able to get out of that bathroom, you know, one way or that's the other. Well, there is also one more interesting, um, I did find a, a document. Um, after Marina had testified to the Warren Commission, um, the FBI set up surveillance of her new house. And it was super secret surveillance. It was so secret they didn't even... Um, provide the information to the Warren Commission. Now, that, that that's, could be for a couple of reasons. Probably most likely because it was illegal. But um, also during that surveillance, um, there's a, in that file, there's an FBI report stating that they believe that whole Nixon story was bogus and it was created by a business manager, James Martin. Mm-hmm. And that's right there in the, in the document. Nobody really discusses that. You know, that's kind of one of the things that, that people say, well, <clears throat> excuse me, well, if he was going to kill Nixon, and if he was going to kill Walker, well, why wouldn't he kill Kennedy? 
Right. You know, that's kind of uh, some of the logic people use to base it on. But if you go to the primary source, he was most likely never going to kill Nixon. And a- actually, the funniest thing about um, Julio, I, I do uh, enjoy his book. It makes me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> but the, um, the funniest thing about Bugliosi's uh, retelling of that story is that he actually attributes a date. He's, he, he knows the date. He's the only one who knows the date this is supposedly happened because Marina can never give a date. So he attributes the date, I think, to the April 23rd or April 24th. But the only problem is Nixon wasn't in town that day. It was actually um, Lyndon Johnson. And Bugliosi attributes this to Oswald's dyslexia. <laughs> not only does he confuse letters, he confuses people. So he, he was actually on his way to assassinate President Johnson. Duh. I'm sorry, Vice President Johnson. But he said Nixon because he's dyslexic. Nice. <laughs> so it's just interesting the way that people um, rationalize these events in their mind. Yeah, and I mean, that's, you know, that wouldn't be the first time I've, I'd heard that, you know, that Johnson was the the supposed target um even on the 22nd you know well you, you know um the one thing i've always wondered if, if james martin or, or whoever fabricated whoever told marina to fabricate this story if they said something along the lines of vp you know the vice president and she was dyslexic and accidentally chose nixon instead of johnson in her recounting of the story you know that's that's theory there's no proof of that but you know that that's another scenario that could happen when she was told about the story, she was she was confused herself as to who the VP was. You know, she thought Nixon because at this time Johnson was president. So maybe she, maybe she made some mistake like that, or you know, maybe something else happened. And here I am getting them confused. I was I was thinking of Connolly, Governor Connolly, and and instead of uh, Johnson. No, it was um, uh, Johnson. The researchers have gone back and looked, and Nixon was not in in Dallas at any time in April. Um, Johnson was, and it was the, that 23rd or the 24th. Right. And, you know, that's, and then, but see that the fascinating thing is how, if you look at the documents, there's no known date, but, you know, researchers like Bugliosi have attributed a date to it. And they just created their own story. You know, they, they fabricate these things. They don't know for sure. And he, he wrote in this massive book like it's a factual event. Yeah. And another thing, um, that's always fascinating me, of course. I mean, I got a couple aspects of the case that really, really, um, interest me. And one of them is after the assassination, you know, the, the events, you know, in, in the Texas school book depository, like, um, you know, like the, like the doorway incident or, or, uh, you know, running into Pierce Allman or McNeil, um, Some stuff like that. Yeah, that's another that's another amazing thing that I'm glad you brought that up because um I don't your your listeners are probably knowledgeable about um the incident um Oswald reported to um Inspector Kelly while he was being interrogated that he had ran into two Secret Service men on the way in. And the Warren Commission and um in turn researchers have, have attributed these this to either Pierce Allman um or uh, McNeil, I forget the gentleman's first name right now, but the reason they do that is because both of these, McNeil and Allman, both claim to have ran into the building, met a gentleman who pointed them to the phone, and that's the same story that Oswald told, that he ran into the building, met a gentleman that pointed him to the phone, but these, the gentleman, um, uh, McNeil and Allman both refused to identify Oswald as the guy that they ran into, now they were, they might have been excited, but um, the fact is they never identified the men, and you know, throughout history. Now, if you look online, both of them basically claim to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, McNeil will, will do his little tour where he claims to be the guy who ran into Oswald, and um, so does Allman. He's actually the voice of the um, Sixth Floor Museum. He's He does the guided tour. Oh, really? Um, his, yeah. Yeah, his voice is the, the when you put the Orwellian headphones on and they walk you around. Nice. His voice is the one that's in the, in the tour. And, of course, Mc, McNeil went on to be on the McNeil Lair Hour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he had a pretty prestigious career. And um, Allman actually got away from journalism, if I recall, after that. Um, actually, one of his inter- interesting quotes is he said that um, he wanted to report the news and not, not make the news. And he felt that's what some of the 
um, reporters in the area were doing. They were trying to make the news instead of actually reporting the factual news. Yeah, I can think of a few. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who he's re- I don't know who he's referencing in particular, but I just heard him say that one time. And but but the more interesting thing, um, I'm going to go back to Bugliosi because he tells the story uh, of how Oswald went on to tell Inspector Kelly of his encounter with the with the guys in the doorway. And in Bugliosi's book, he says it was it was about an hour before he got moved that uh, on Sunday that he began to tell the story to um, Inspector Kelly. But actually, if you look at the primary source documents, it said that he told Fritz on Friday in the very first interview about the Secret Service man. Huh. So it's, it's interesting. It's just one paragraph, and it's in the same document that everybody references. It's just one paragraph in there, and it says, um, you know, on Friday the 22nd, after the first subsequent interview, he informed Fritz about the Secret Service man. And Fritz then went and told Soils. And that was on Friday. If you read Bugliosi's book, he created a transcript for this event, which is amazing to me because there is no transcript. Yeah. But he created a transcript for it, and he actually attributes it on, on Sunday. And he says that, that Oswald was lying. The only reason he said that there were Secret Service men was so he could garner some kind of favor from the, the Secret Service men that he was encountering in the interview. Nice. Well, but the, the thing is, if you look at the document, it says it happened on Friday. So... You know, was he lying on Friday when he just told Fritz that too? You know, it's so I think I think he did encounter some people in the in the doorway and did point him to the phone. There is some thought that it's um that it's a gentleman by the name of Powell who is a uh, military intelligence officer. Yes, there's a school of thought. I actually think Gary Mack is um I don't don't quote me on this because I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think Gary Mack believes it's Powell as well. Yeah, and I, you know what? I was just reading something about this earlier today. And it talks about, uh, McNeil going, uh, he places, he places the time he went into the building at about 1236. And he says he went into the first floor. He said there was nobody else around. He said there was three guys on the first floor, two back towards the back and one on a phone. There was a, there was a phone right on the first floor attached to a post. You know, like a, a support pole or whatever. And the guy on the phone is, is, is who McNeil asked where he could find a phone. And the guy pointed him to the, to the offices on the first floor. I think, I think actually, uh, McNeil's first story was the gentleman pointed him to the other guy. The, he, the first guy he encountered turned to the other guy and like asked basically for confirmation. Like, can this guy use the phone? You know, it doesn't say that, but it's that's what it appears. He looked at the first guy. The first guy looked at the other guy, like, "Hey, can he use the phone?" And then the the other guy it actually pointed him to the phone. I, I could be mistaken on that, but I thought that's how McNeil's story went. Is he ran into three people, and two of them were took part in guiding him to the phone. One pointed to the other, and then he pointed to the phone. Yeah, because there was a. But either way, it's not it's not one guy by himself. You know. No. No. In the doorway. And which and is, which th- is amazing that the. the how people were just, um, actually it, it was, to my knowledge, it was, um, special agent Sorrels who attributed this story to Allman. He basically went back and, um, kind of forced him into believing that he's the guy that encountered Oswald. And to the best of my knowledge, they didn't, um, bring him before the Warren Commission. I really don't remember seeing his, because I, I know I looked for it and I don't remember seeing his, um, testimony. Yeah, I don't either. I and, mean, and, you know, he doesn't. He, when you look at him in his interviews, he doesn't believe he's the guy. He'll let people say that, but you could see it deep down. He doesn't. He knows he wasn't the guy. Same thing with McNeil. They'll just let people believe that. I mean, why not? It's a good story, you know. Oh yeah, you know you he's touched, the guy that, touched he's a history. That ran into Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? But you know, the, the bottom line is it's not factual. It doesn't help us figure out, you know, what really happened, who that guy was. You know, and and, and the guy who who and maybe Powell is a very interesting guy in himself. You know. Yep, military kind of intelligence. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some interesting things. Uh, he actually gave testimony, and um, I think it was to the HSBA. Yeah, um, I could be wrong. No, you're right. But okay, and he he details that um the military intelligence units were kind of working with the Secret Service when the when the president or somebody would come to town, and they would actually represent themselves as Secret Service agents. You know, when they, when they would flash credentials, they wouldn't say, I'm with some military intelligence. They would say, I'm Secret Service. 
and that's what Oswald claims that he ran into was a guy who flashed him a badge. I've never seen a picture of Powell. I don't know. If, do you know if one exists? I haven't seen one either. And I, I've looked, and it doesn't. No one. Um, and uh, to my knowledge, Powell was interviewed about four times. By he was interviewed by Secret Service, by Dallas Police, um, FBI, and maybe a couple of times um, by each one. But no, it doesn't say whether they showed him the photo or not of the of the Powell guy. You know, it doesn't say whether or not they showed him photos of anyone else. So that could it be this guy? Yeah, because I mean, there's there's a problem with McNeil's timeline because if, if if by twelve thirty six, if he's going into the building, yeah, I mean that place would have been a madhouse in there. You know, this story's rubbish. It's more, it's it would be more likely Almond because Almond at least ran in the building with someone. Because Oswald claims it was two people. Allman ran in the building with the guy he worked with, and and also the guy he worked with refused to identify Oswald. They didn't say that. They just said it's not him. You know, well, not not that it's not him, but they wouldn't identify him. And they really, the only thing they could say that he was he was white and he had dark hair, which which to me seems kind of strange. Seems like maybe they saw the guy and he wasn't Oswald. You know, and yeah. they're just giving a description so they don't get caught up in this mess. Yeah, because you know, they're not saying no, it wasn't him. What I was reading earlier, I mean, it, it kind of made it out to seem like that possibly, okay, possibly, if if Oswald was supposed to be in the building, you know, to get a call or something like that, stay by the phone, that would keep him, you know, out of sight, you know, so he couldn't have an alibi for not being on the sixth floor, um, that actually it was... uh Shit. Who who are we talking about? Military intelligence? What was his name? Powell. Powell. I think that, I think James Powell. James that, might not be his first name. I think that's what he was. Yeah, Powell. That he that he was actually on the phone on the first floor, calling the second floor, <laughs> talking to Lee, um, you know, or some something of that nature. Because when McNeil said he went into the office to, to actually make the call, it was like a they had a they had a. a a phone, a push button phone with several lines on it, and that two were lit up, and and one was free. But there was a lot of people. There's a lot of people running back in the building. You know, Bill Shelley, uh, that other guy I talked about. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know what Powell looks like, so I don't know how. You know, I don't know anybody else identifying him in the building. But if he, if he's the man that they encountered, um, I mean, Allman and. McNeil, he would have had to run in the building really quickly. It was like almost uh, within a minute or so after it happened, he would have been had, had to have been one of the first people in the building to already have gotten the phone, used the phone, got off the phone, turned around, and started walking back out. Yeah, well, I mean, his story is really sketchy. You know, you just read through, and it's granted he's telling it, you know, what, 11, 12 years after it happened, but his story is still really sketchy. Yeah, and, especially uh, he if, kinda, he, if he got caught he inside the building. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another good point. I always I forgot to mention that he did get trapped inside the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When they when they quarantined it off, he was stuck in there. You know, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Oswald made it out, but he got stuck. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and his job was to um, basically, uh, um, what I surmise, he kind of did background checks on people that were going to be doing you know top secret jobs. So you know, maybe he was there on some. He's, he claims to have been off work. He could have been doing something independent of the events that happened, but, you know, it seems um, he he took a hell of a picture, man. He was right place, right time, you know, for yeah. for just some guy on his day off. And he was also out at, the, you know, Love Field before. Yeah. And the only picture I know of is, is the one where they show the sixth floor. I, I mean, I haven't seen, um, you know, it's his career work. It seems like this guy told the story like he was an avid photographer. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen I any other pictures like, either. It seems like, uh, you know, he was there doing, there taking pictures, um, not accidentally. You know, he wasn't just there for, for any reason. I, I'm not going to speculate. I really don't know why he was there. He, he could have been there. Maybe they, he could have been there trying to prevent a plot. You know, yeah, people. What's interesting to me that is, uh, if you, if I think it's in the Dallas. Uh, the the uh, city of Dallas archives, um, which I'm sure the link for can be found on primary sources. And actually, there's two of them there. There's the there's the first there's the original one that they have. Um, the 
where it's just like a, a data dump where you click on the box and you go to it. Yeah. And there's the uh, more updated version. So they're both there. Cool, cool. But I remember there's a document and and they had listed uh, several workers of the Texas School Book Depository. And the address actually they had for for Lee Oswald was 602 Elsbeth Street. Now the pro- the problem with that is he wasn't living at Elsbeth Street at the time. Um, and the actual real address when he was living there was 605 Elsbeth, and he, that that address was not anywhere in the in the school book depository files. The only thing they had on file was from his application, and he actually put uh, Ruth Payne's address on that, you know, for, in Irving. And uh, when when the uh, military intelligence had their Oswald file, that was the last address they had for him was Elsbeth six oh two. It matched. So yeah, that's. that's- Quite ironic. Yeah, so apparently they got some information from military intelligence. Now, whether it came over yeah. to the to the police department and the, and you know it, it somehow made it on this list of employees, you know, I don't know, but it just well. Or the other thing is the person who gave them the information got it. It doesn't necessarily mean it came from there. Uh, you know, the person who gave it to them might have took it from there. It doesn't mean that the intelligence volunteered it always. You know, there could in in a situation like this there, there could be moles and people working against everybody and you know so to say that just because it came from there doesn't necessarily mean it was them somebody could have grabbed it out of there well that's Whoever true too. Up Oswald. obviously had the capability to to do a lot of things you know grabbing an address out of there wouldn't be that difficult and plus it would it kind of it kind of throws you off because now you're like well how the hell did they get this address and then you're looking over here yeah you know, when because that that is a red you know that is a red flag how how do you have that address yeah you know and then, and then you read, um, you know how, how this, how they would um, conduct their mole hunts and how they would create false information and things of that nature. So that, that could have, hey, they, they might have found out on November twenty second who that mole was, you know? Yeah, they might that's have found true. Out who, that, who that mole hunt was because when they, when that six hundred two starts popping up and things of that nature, and that that could be another reason why the, um, you know, the Warren Commission is always uh, gets gets this like nefarious um, outlook on it, but. Uh, I think they did a disservice by suppressing the truth, but they also, they prevented a, a nuclear world war, which was obvious intentions. You know, that, that was whoever tried to do this. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to create some kind of global conflict. Yeah. So for as terrible as the Warren Commission did, at least that, that it didn't allow that to happen. And, you know, and it's not a, um, that's one thing people got to realize. It's not. It's not a court of law. This this commission is almost something that would be done in in uh, a communist or a dictatorship um, under a dictatorship. You know, this commission. This this was not a court of law. Nobody was cross examined. You know, it wasn't. The witnesses were were chosen, picked, and called. This wasn't a, a real trial. This was a commission that created a report. It was not a man who was brought before a jury and tried and then convicted. You know, I think that's one thing that people got to realize. Yeah, he's and, never convicted of anything, and based, except um, yeah. except what his little charge he had down in New Orleans. Yeah, and based on you know, they had to rely on the FBI for their investigative arm. And you know, if the if the FBI is compromised, then it's not going to be a legitimate investigation either. You know, they only passed up certain certain bits of information to the to the commission to actually question certain certain people on, and the yes. rest of it was overlooked. And well, like that, like that document I discussed earlier, where um, the FBI had wiretapped Marina's house. That was also approved by Robert Kennedy as well, which is interesting. I'm sure that that he wanted to know what happened too. But, anyways, um, I, I'm not a legal expert, but to the best of my knowledge, this was um, completely illegal surveillance, and um, they didn't use any of the information, you know, from this surveillance. You know, in, on the commission, which seems like it would be some very key information when she's at her home by herself and she thinks she's, you know, in private. And one of the things that um that that she does state from there, this is in regards to Thursday night, um before the the twenty second, is she does not remember Lee ever going out of her sight and how he could have went in the garage, um you know, and made the little package that he supposedly made. Now, that's not to say that you know after she went to sleep or he could have got up earlier, but. You know, when she's in her home in her own private moment, she couldn't she couldn't figure out when Lee went to the garage and made it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind it, of interesting. It doesn't prove anything. No, but it's just, no. You know, it's interesting to know. And I was reading today too, man, because um, like Oswald was arrested with like thirteen bucks in his pocket, right? He left Marina one hundred and seventy dollars, okay, and. I was reading it. It was a theory that, that Oswald could have brought his rifle to work to sell it to somebody because of the interest generated from Roy Truly's buddy. Uh, I think his name was Warren Caster. He actually brought two rifles into the yeah, school book depository like the day before the assassination, you know, and everybody was looking yeah. at him. And, uh, you know, he probably would have said, yeah, I got a, I got an old Italian carbine, you know, and, Oh, you think he's that? I mean, I don't think he's that dumb, though. I don't think, I don't think you can get him. You can trick him that easily. No, and I don't you think know, he, I don't think he brought that rifle. Yeah. I mean, you know, with all the things. With well, people. there's a there's another thing. Um, it comes from uh, Gary Patrick Hemming, and you know he tells a lot of tales. But um, he said when he was in Miami, um, they they wanted him and some of his men to bring uh, weapons and act as protection when the president was there. And yeah. he said, hell no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. But he knew he, he's, uh, you know, it could be a tale, or maybe it was, maybe he, you know, he heard it through hearsay, but that's just another interesting idea. All they would have to do is say, hey, we need you over here with your gun. And if you're dumb enough to bring your gun, you know, you're the guy. <laughs> well, it goes down. Yeah, Hemming even told a story that, that, uh, he actually was the one who, who talked Oswald into bringing his rifle to work because he was going to buy it that day. Oh, that was Hemming's story? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I know he also tells a story that he, he's the guy who met Oswald out in Los Angeles, or San Diego, I think, when Oswald was still in the Marines. Yeah. I don't know what to, what really to make of him. I just, you know, I'm Green sure assault. some of the stuff he tells is factual, but most of it's probably bullshit. Yeah, I mean, because to dig... I mean, yeah, because, I mean, he'll tell you one story one time. And I was talking to Doug about this, too, one time. I, I said, I think I think he liked to fuck with people, you know, basically. <laughs> you know, if yeah. he if he didn't respect you as a researcher, like, he would just mess with you. And, and it, I, I think he would, too. And, you know, with certain guys that, that he felt were legit, um, like Greg Burnham, like, uh, oh, who's the guy that wrote Bloody Treason? Noel Twyman. You know, I think he pretty much um, was, was was legit with, you know, just a handful of people, though, that, it, you know, if he thought they were good researchers and, and they came up with some good ideas, you know, he might he might give them a bone or two. But, you know, if they were way off base, like Weberman or, you know, just some of these other guys, you know, he, he just liked to mess with people, I think. Well, he's, he seems like um, the kind of guy that would do that. You hear his conversations and he seems like he's got a pretty wild sense of humor. Yeah. You know, and he, he was, you know, win, lose, or draw, he was involved with a lot of these people in, during this time frame. So he does have some information that would be valuable. Yeah, did you know he... Uh, picking, picking and choosing, you know, trying to figure out what it is. And the only way you can really do that is checking his story against, you know, the actual events that happened and against other stories. And that's that's why, you know, I threw up this primary sources. Yeah, did you know he was the... Uh, Greg, Greg Burnham had him uh, be the best man at his wedding. I didn't know that. I knew that Burnham had a lot of interviews with him. I didn't know he had—he was the best man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Well, wow. That's kind of—it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah, and 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 like I said, my knowledge of um of all the events is is very uh, I would say limited. I in no way think I'm an expert or think I have anything figured out. It's just for me, it's um it's just like a critical thought exercise. You know, trying to decipher, you know, what information is good and what's not and what it means. And there's so much out there that, that I, I just wanted to pull it all into one place and, and make it easier for other people like me or like you who are interested to find whatever it is they're looking for. Well, I, I definitely commend you for doing this because it's, it's something that's been sorely needed for a long time. And, you know, some people have have, have attempted it before, you know. But, yeah, I, I ran across a lot of them. You know, I, like I, I searched. Um, it took me longer than I wanted because as I added a link, I would, you know, go through that site, check out the information they had there. I tried to make sure it was decent stuff. You know, it wasn't, um, there's no, um, like, a disrespectful stuff. 
you'll find that in the forums, you know, you'll find that clicking on links, but um, on primary sources, it's always going to be what it is right now, how you see it. It's always going to be a one and two page um, site. It's not going to, it's not going to force an opinion on you. And, and I need more of um, some more links. So any of your listeners who have a favorite site, I'd love to add it. Well, for the people who aren't on Twitter, do you have uh, an email address? Maybe they could get at you yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, primarysources.main at gmail. And um, you can get at me on Twitter or, you know, if you want to get a hold of me, Rob knows how. Um, <clears throat> you know, point, me in, point me to a good site and I'll throw it on there and, you know, we can feature it and start, um, start doing a little, excuse me, start doing a little more with the site. Yeah, most but definitely. Right I mean, now it's just um, in the introductory phase, you know, kind of let people know it's there and, and gather some more resources before I, I try to do the next thing with it, which would be to uh, maybe try and get people to provide content on a blog or on a, on a separate place. Not, not on the primary sources site itself, but um, it would be short stuff based off of documents, very focused on one specific point, like who, like did the door open to the inside or the outside? Here's all the documents you need to, to make that decision, and, and here's the conclusions that, you know, that these people are drawn from this. And do it one, one tiny item at a time. You know, I know it's already been done, but not in a, a group, in a group, um, in a setting like this where it can be done in one place. You know, you got to go to so many different places just to find the right information. Yeah, another reason, people, to get Quip. I mean, you can find me on there. You can find Will on there. And, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, you know, you work up a little article or something using primary sources and get it to one of us, and, and we can make sure that it makes its way onto the blog. And, you know, just to provide some original content, too. So it's just not always, you know, linking, linking off somewhere else, but there'll be actually new stuff to find on there, too. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of, there's so much good research out there, and the problem that I find with a lot of it is just, it's just so lengthy that the average person's not going to go into it. You know, it's just, it's just so, it's so detailed, and, and you almost have to know, you have to have a certain background to even start reading, you know, articles that are on uh, Sitka or the, you know, these journals or these, um, the probe archives, and they're great resources, but it's, they're not for beginners. No, you know that's kind of that's kind of what what um that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm trying to to show people you know why I got interested. You know, the, the things that bothered me about the case, like does the door open to the inside or to the outside? That seems like a pretty um, substantial uh, thing to know. You know, if this small woman's claiming to hold him in the bathroom all day when he's going to assassinate somebody. You know, and and the the funny thing that story still gets repeated. I mean, Priscilla McMillan Johnson. I mean, we all know that she's. Not really objective, but, you know, she repeats that story. And if you watch her little interviews and the way she tells it, it's like, it's just so amazing that, that she could be that deceptive, you know, and just, and people just buy it. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. There's a lot of it out there that people oh, just buy it's... without, without, without looking any further. And, and, you know, this, this site you got here, man, it's, it's a great tool to do actually you know your own research instead of relying on other people i mean what other people have done and books that are out there are fine and and dandy but nothing feels better than than finding what you're looking for on your own and and finding it on a primary document you know and 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 being able to do your own research and and the tools that will has provided here allow you to do that i mean you you get to go find it yourself and it just we're just pointing it in the right direction you know you got to do the hard work you got to do the legwork you got to take the notes you got to do the digging but at least we you know will's providing a jumping off point here for everybody and man i can't tell you i, I seriously I, I i saw the site you know i got a little sneak peek of it a couple of days ago and it, it's 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 just amazing to me everything that's out there and it's it, like you said it's not complete yet you know, we want people to still add stuff to it. You know, check it out. If you don't see a link on there you think should be on there, send it to either me or Will, and uh, we'll make sure it gets on there. Yeah, and th thanks again for uh, giving me the chance to, you know, talk about this site. Uh, this this, uh, this is really inspired by people like you and, um, you know, JFK Lancer and Mary Farrell and all these other um, great resources that are out there, you know, that other people have taken the time to put together. 
and I just kind of um, picked it all up and put it in one place to make it easy to get to. And <clears throat> it's going to be a, a project that I can work on continually. So if some, if a new site comes out or an old site um, goes extinct, you know, it, it, it's going to be updated. Well, yeah, and, I mean, seeing all that, man, I mean, it inspired me, you know, to want to want to reach out to you and and, and partner up with you and, and uh, work with you. And I think what you're doing is awesome. It's going to be a big, big uh, benefit to, to the research community out there. I mean, there's no other way around it uh, when, you, when, you know, when you want to go find something. You know, you don't have to sit there and read 20,000 books. You don't have to listen or read another article somebody else wrote on it because, believe me, sometimes things get twisted over time. You know, authors can be biased when it comes to their own information. Um so it's always important to go back when you can to the primary source documents and find it for yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well as anybody else, you know, hearing something and repeating it. And, uh, you know, I had a good example of that, you know, uh, with, with, with the whole gate and Fonzie thing and Larry Crayford, um, you know, the, when you actually go back and see where he got it, <laughs> And you realize it was written by a uh, satiric comedian, um, you know, and then it's, it somehow makes its way onto the education site. You know, you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, so, so, something's wrong here. But I'm glad well, I, I found it said, and clarified it. You sent me that link, and I said, where'd this come from? You know, that was the first thing we started talking about. Where'd this claim come from? Because it was a pretty, uh, it's a pretty radical claim. And then he said that he was, um, I forget. He said he was army when he was really a marine, and it was just, it just didn't even make sense. Just reading the, the quote, it's like, how that, how is it on? That what was that on Spartacus? Yeah. I think, yeah. I was like, how'd that make it there? You know, it just makes you, you realize you got to check everything because people are going to take one sentence out of context to make it fit their, whatever their, no matter what their viewpoint is. You know, whether they believe it was Lee or whether they believe it was a hundred gunmen, they're going to take whatever they can and use it out of context. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and, that, and you notice that, once you start, that, uh, once you start digging, you, you realize, um, that you find things and you're, you're like, what is this? You know? And, and then you share it. You know, that's kind of what, what me and you have done. I found some stuff and you know, what is this? And then you always send me back. Well, check this out. And it's, it's never, um, the old claims. It's always primary source documents or primary source interviews or things of that nature. Yeah, because I think I find, I, I've come to find out that the further you get away um, from the event, you know, the less reliable information becomes. And you know, I, like I, like I said before, you know, I was telling you about uh, Joakim Jostin. You know, he's he, you know this guy's crazy. He's writing a book f- five months after the assassination, before the Warren reports come out. He's got all this information in there of what what people were talking about back then, what people's suspicions were back then. Um, you know, before they got perverted by the Warren Commission and, you know, just, just looking at stuff that nobody else looked at before. And it gets forgotten in time because these are, you know, little, little known little books that probably didn't get published on a big scale. I mean, that, that's the problem with a lot of this JFK stuff is that it was never actually published on a big, big scale. So, you know, if you, if you're good, if you're going to look for like, uh, Penn Jones, a continuing inquiry, you know, and you don't know anybody that lived 40 years ago and has a copy, <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. you're shit out of luck unless you can find it online somewhere. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff like that, man, I like going back way back, <laughs> you know, instead of relying on stuff that I read like, cause these, some, a lot of these JFK books that are coming out now are, are either total nonsense or, it's stuff we've already heard a thousand times, you know? Yeah. It's, they're all, well, it's all based on, they're sourcing each other's books. And that's why, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a historian, but I just, when you start sourcing each other's books, you're not, you're not talking about the, the events and you're talking about each other's books now. You know, you're writing the story off of each other's books. So. Yeah. And that's a big problem right now with all these LBJ did a book. So they, it all stems back to the same stories and the same sources. You know, they're entertaining and people do make, uh, make some money off of this, but it's not really that profitable. I don't, I don't think that, um, somebody like John Armstrong or, um, you know, who spent so much time, effort and energy, I don't think he's made a lot of money doing this. It's probably cost them money. And I would say that about most serious researchers, it probably costs them money. 
you know, there's not very many who make money in this. So to, to hear people claim that it's about the money, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see that, you know, that the, really the only success in this field would have been the movie JFK. You know, that movie was extremely successful. Yeah. You know, it made a lot of money. It's, and then it was re-released. It made a lot of money. And, you know, everybody who was involved with that got paid. But that's really one of the only um, mainstream conspiratorial things that I could think of that made a tremendous amount of money. Well, I can say, you know, some of them that are put out now, certain certain ones by certain publishers do okay, but just because they're pimped to death. Um, but but books like, you know, good books like JFK and the Unspeakable, you know, I'm sure yeah, did. That was, a, that was a great book. I'm sure did okay, um, you know, because it was in mainstream bookstores. Uh, but you know, a lot yeah. of these self, you know, a lot of these self-published books you find on Amazon and stuff, they never see the light of day in a bookstore. Um, and like Greg Parker's book, I mean, it's a great book, Lee Harvey Oswald's Cold War. It's only on Kindle, you know. So a lot of this stuff you're not going to find in a bookstore, and and that's fine, you know. But it's important too, you know, to know where to get these things, you know, so you can have access to them. Yeah, well, I guess uh, another thing I wanted to point out for people who like to read books is before you get into the book, I would turn to the back, see what their sources are, what documents are they talking about, what documents are they using, log on to the site and read them for yourself before you get into the book. So then this way you can see the, the material they're basing their work off of. So you can see if it varies or, or what they pull out of context or, you know, that those kind of things. It, it helped me, you know, in, when I'm reading essays and things like that, I'll stop as soon as I get to a document that I'm not familiar with. I'm going to go to the site, and I'm going to read the document and see what they're trying to say. Yeah. You know, like, you come back to the essay, and it's like, wow, you used that way out of context. <laughs> or, you know, you used that perfectly. Or, or you use Wikipedia, then we can just throw this book <laughs> in the trash pile. <laughs> uh, you, I'm sorry for, for you will not find a link to Wikipedia um, on, on primary sources. There, there will not be one. Well, there shouldn't be, so that's a good thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for, for your listeners, uh, again, I, I ask anybody who... Um, has a site, has a gallery, has a, a forum, has a blog, has something that can that can um, that can be shared. You know, I'll host it, and it's um, it's uh, this is not a business, it's not a for-profit uh, venture. It's just uh, it's an idea. You know, so I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking. I'm just asking for some links. You know, yep. point me in the right direction. Show me what you got, and I'll put it on there. Yeah, I mean, this is something that that we can you know that we can kind of grow. The people who are interested, you know, maybe can who are really interested can. Uh, contact me and, you know, we can start talking about phase two, producing original content and, um, not a tremendous amount, you know, just 500 word essays somewhere in that time frame, And, um, but mostly with links to documents so people can find for themselves. Awesome. You know, awesome. And again, thank you. I uh, appreciate, um, having me on your show for your listeners. This is my first time really speaking in any kind of public way about this. So, uh, hopefully, I didn't diminish the quality of uh, the Lone Gunman podcast. Not at all. If anything, you've made it better. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Hey, no, man. Thank you for coming on the show. And, and give everybody the website one more time. Oh, definitely. It's uh, um, primarysources.wix.com backslash home. And eventually, um, it's going to be ported you know, to its own URL. But I'm trying to figure out the uh, best move to make on that. Because there's a few different options, and I'm just... I'm still um, gathering resources, and then I'm, once it's completely done, I'm going to move it over. But for now, it's primarysources.wix.com backslash home, and um, I'm on Twitter at uh, JFK Prime Sources. Gotcha. And like I said, if, if, if you can't remember all that, just shoot it to me, and I'll make sure that Will gets it. Um, oh, yeah. Your listeners, uh, do, do your thing. They normally do when they log on to your site and go through your show, listen to it there, and then um, you can just post the link there, and they can find it there. Yeah, most definitely. Well, thanks, Will, for coming on, man, and doing this site for everybody out there in the community. You know, it's it's not a personal thing. I mean, it, I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, it's out there for everybody to take advantage of, and I commend you for doing so. No, thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on the show and giving me a you know a nice platform, and um, you know, also just our conversation we've shared about you know our ideas. Hey, no problem, man. I, I thoroughly enjoy all of them. Um, all right, people. That's it for this week. This is your boy Rob Clark on the Lone Gummy Podcast. Thanking Will for coming on and thanking him for getting this great site. 
This some bitches in the can, beam with the satellite down directly to your ears, people. This is your boy Rob Clark. Peace. right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Call Protect My Car for details. In these hard economic times, you've got to do whatever you can to save money. One of our biggest expenses can be our cars, especially when unexpected repair bills hit. Not anymore. If you do own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, you could stop paying for car repairs. That's right. You might not have to pay a penny to have it repaired. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if you qualify. You must have an automobile made from $19.99 or higher. And all repairs. Repairs for your engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone today and get your car protected before your next repair bill hits. That's right. Total protection for your car and no more repair bills. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if your car qualifies. That's star star 1149. Never pay for car repairs again. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now. Dial star star 1149.